Good morning. This is Audrey Niffenegger, author of The Time Traveler's Wife, and you are listening to Sandwiches at Irregular Hours. I'll see you in the future. At Irregular Hours, episode 173 for July 27th, 2021. I'm Steve Foder. I'm tearful Chip Hessenflow. And I'm Pam Vador. We are here at the end of our year-long exploration of some wonderful books. A year ago uh, this week, Pam, we said to you, hey, you're smart. Would you like to read some books with us and, and talk about them? And you said, yes, I would love to read a year's worth of books. And you made a huge commitment. And, and we thank you so much for all that you've brought us. We've gone through so many wonderful books. And we decided that today we were going to put a pretty bow on it. And we're going to wrap up all of Sandwiches at Irregular Hours and, and go through our favorites of this this year of reading. And I just wanted to thank you guys so much for thinking of me for this project. It's been such a pleasure for me, something I really look forward to every week, talking to you guys about all of these wonderful books and reading a bunch of things I wouldn't have otherwise read. So it's been such a pleasure for me as well. So as Yoga Berra said, you know, when, when life gives you a fork in the road, you need to take it. So there you go. <laughs> I was worried you were going to talk about fat ladies and such, but anyway. (laughs) So we've had such great conversations. I hope everybody out there has been listening and and reading along with us. One of the things that we've talked about lots of times, Chip, is there's not enough reading going on in America. There's so many great books out there. There's so many adventures to go on in these books. Well, and, and there's that's a good point of that. In fact, many people, the last time they've read a book is when they left school. So if you left school at the end of high school, maybe the last book you've read is in high school. Or if you finished college, maybe the last book you read was when you finished college. And for any of those people out there who, who do not find themselves an everyday reader, there are so many wonderful options out there to help you get through material. So if you want to sit down and read and escape, how wonderful for you. If you want to go for a walk and listen to an audiobook, go for a walk and listen to an audiobook. And and because of how connected we are, many times you can read the book and then listen to the author talk about it and then listen to a podcast like what we've been able to do and and talk about the book so you have all these wonderful options to really um, hopefully create a deeper understanding of what you've read and a lot of places also there are book groups i belong to a couple public libraries have book groups but also just friend groups a lot of times have book groups and i was just reading an apocalyptic stephen king novel called uh, Sleeping Beauties. And I love that he actually goes to a book group to look at how they deal with the apocalypse. <laughs> that's, an, that's an actual segment of society that you can imagine. And guys, it's so funny how often in college, in teaching college classrooms, students will tell me, oh, I haven't read a book for fun since, since high school, or I haven't read a book of fiction since high school. And then because I teach fun books, they're like, wait, this is something should I, should I be doing this? Should I just be reading for fun? Like maybe that's something I should add to my repertoire. 
And uh, yes, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> so uh, once again, a reminder, the college professor we all wanted to have. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through some of our our favorite memories. What What is it about this 12 months, this adventure that we've had together that was your favorite, Pam? I mean, I have enjoyed so many things about this. I did love that we started with Sherlock Holmes and it was, you know, it was just exactly the right time and place where we were actually recording every single day and we were in lockdown. That intensity of reading the entire Sherlock Holmes canon with you guys, that's just going to be one of my favorite memories of the pandemic, bar none. And it's, it's something that made the pandemic really manageable for me was going into that wonderful Victorian prose, but also talking about it. And we had a lot of laughs over Sherlock Holmes and and John and all the crazy adventures that, that Doyle created in that amazing character. How about you, Chip? What was my favorite? Yeah. Oh, um, I, I said we wrote stories about Sherlock Holmes. So yes. after we we went through this entire canon, we read the, the, the four novels, we read every short story, you sort of pick up a lot about how Doyle worked with this character. And he was tired of the character and he was, and he, um, cr you know, created the universe that uh, Sherlock Holmes lived in. But when we wrote the stories, we had a lot of fun. So Pam gave us uh, a zombie Sherlock Holmes. And of course, uh, Steve brought us, I'm going to throw this out there, time traveling. I mean, I'm just going to throw that <laughs> out there. Shocking. And uh, mine was um, a little more, uh, you know, let's, there was there was a humor in it, uh, and it. And it sort of aimed to solve a California murder that maybe has not been solved yet. I, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> And I love that you bring up the fan fiction aspect of our podcast, that we actually did what people love to do, which is write back to some of our best popular icons. And I see that in my kids. I see it in my college level students, but I also see it in my own younger children, that this idea of writing back, like you talk about, you read books, you talk about them as a group, but then you also like write into that universe. And I think it's just such a powerful and exciting place that popular culture is going. And Steve, some of your Twilight fan fiction is, you know, we can, we can talk about it now. That exactly. Twilight Don't be fiction, embarrassed. That Twilight fan fiction that became Fifty Shades of Grey and that Doctor Who fan fiction that became Outlander. Yeah, those, those, that ability for us to write back. I, I really encourage everybody out there to not only examine a piece of fiction, but to examine it from your perspective, from your point of view, from your community. How can you change that story? How can you interact with it? And you can contact other people and see what they're writing, what they're thinking, and change your thinking as a result of that activity. That's, that's something that we did in this book club that I'm really proud of. So, Steve, what was your favorite moment of that? My favorite moment for the last 12 months is how philosophical Chip became while reading Station Eleven. We read all sorts of stories about relationships, about love, about family, and then Station Eleven 
isn't really about any of those things. But, Chip, you found in that story how those people interact in that story. And, and it really got to you in a way that... I was impressed with your growth in the last 12 months. We've been doing this podcast together for seven years, and every once in a while, I, I, I see a glimmer of change in Chip, and Station Eleven was that book for me this time. Well, the hookah really helped me out. Here. I knew you were going to... When I say the word philosophical, I am not talking about drugs. That, that is a theme of the last seven years. Whenever I say anything about religion or philosophy, Chip goes, oh yeah, he was high. No! That's not how this works. <laughs> it was the end of the world, Steve. It was the end of the world. You could do whatever you want. You are unique and go for it. <laughs> so we went through, well, technically 14 different things, 14 different books. I, I say things because some of them are not exactly books. The Sherlock Holmes, the entire canon, I, I count as one object that we went through in the last 12 months. We started with The Devil in the White City as our first official novel after we went through Sherlock Holmes. From Hell, the graphic novel. We went to Dracula in October, The Time Traveler's Wife, Holly Jolly, Celebrating Christmas Past and Pop Culture by Mark Voger. That was a fun interview, talking to Mark about his work. We went through those Charles Dickens Christmas novels. We read Flash Forward by Robert J. Sawyer and talked to him about that. Recursion by Blake Crouch, Rassel, another graphic novel, this one by Jeff Smith, The Ministry for the Future, The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Kowal, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster by Bill Gates, and finally Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. So I I'm asking you for the impossible. I want you to pick one and tell me which one of those books was your favorite. Well, of course, I refuse. I refuse that request. Completely unreasonable. Um, <laughs> plus, I didn't realize Sherlock Holmes was in this category. Ah, you're blowing my mind here. So, okay. So what I did, leaving Sherlock out, because you guys know Sherlock is like my favorite favorite. So that's just like an uber favorite. We don't even think about that one. So after our discussions, I felt like I, I could pick three which is the top from each of us. So that's terrible. I'm the worst. So Steve, I really, it was such a pleasure to reread The Time Traveler's Wife, which I had enjoyed when I read it some years ago. But reading it with you guys, talking to Audrey, that was amazing. Such a well-constructed novel. Really a terrific treatment of time travel. Mm -hmm. um, I recently watched a movie that I quite enjoyed called The Tomorrow War, but Steve, when you and I briefly talked about it, like the time travel made no sense. No. It's typical. Like that's not unusual in the time travel literature that like time travel, there's a reason we don't do it every day. <laughs> there's a lot of paradoxes, but Audrey managed it and just gave us these wonderful characters and like an amazing love story but also just so many philosophical moments about the meaning of life. And and there's a sequel coming, which is super exciting to me. It's Time Traveler's Wife 2. This time it's different. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chip, I ended up so enjoying Rassel. And I think, Steve, you and I didn't have the same pleasure in this book, but I loved that novel. I loved the art. I actually really, really enjoyed again we got deep we got philosophically deep as we talked about about that novel as well 
and I don't read enough graphic novels. And that's something that I'm taking away from my time with you guys too, is I, I always think I should read more graphic novels, but now I know it. And then you guys, I, I mean, I, I put forward a bunch of my own favorite books, right? And so sure enough, I, we just read Station Eleven and you guys brought so much to my understanding of this novel, which I teach pretty regularly. And so that was just a really, really fun and exciting thing for me. Worst answer ever. Refusal to answer. Sorry. Way to choose one out of the 14 and you chose four at least, if not 14 of the 14. Good job, Pam. Chip, do you have a a better answer? What is your favorite (laughs) book of the last 12 months? Well, let me just start off with it. We we learned that Charles Dickens and The Christmas Carol um, was okay, but trying to expand that by reading the other ones... Well, not not as fruitful, right? Not as enjoyable. <laughs> we we had no idea. We we thought, oh look, Charles Dickens wrote five Christmas stories on five subsequent years, five different Christmas stories. They must be wonderful because a Christmas Carol is so beloved. It's such a well constructed story. We have to read the other five. Turns out, we didn't. We didn't even bother with the fifth. <laughs> And, and thank goodness for the Remy Bumpa uh, uh, Theater Company mm-hmm. coming in to talk to us about one of them. So. It, the, the I time can't believe was we perfect. didn't even complete our assigned reading. <laughs> We're like the worst. <laughs> Sometimes we you... assigned ourselves. <laughs> I, 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 we've had this conversation for a year. I am more than willing to put down a book that I don't yeah, love. I, I, I will watch a crummy movie in hopes that it will get better by the end. I will usually not stop a movie. I will usually not walk out of a theater. But a book that I don't love, I will put it down. And those Charles Dickens Christmas ones, I was willing to not explore any further. And, and life's too short. Then there are too many good books out there to spend time on something that you're just not enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are times to fight through a book, but most of the time, if, if you're not enjoying it, you're not getting what you want out of it, you know, pick up another one. But uh, I am going to answer this. I'm going to say Devil in the White City was the book that I was very happy to read. We bookended that with the, the entire Sherlock Holmes canon, and then we followed that up with From Hell, which was Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell's uh, graphic novel. But this one had a lot of interest to me on in, in a few reasons. One, um, I lived in Chicago for a long time, and this was a story that really talked a lot about the Chicago World's Fair and about the, the development of that area, what they were looking for, um, and, and how Chicago became the Chicago of today. We, we learned a lot about how they paid for this and, and why Chicago, this was so important to Chicago. Chicago was, truly was the second city, if not way down the list mm-hmm. uh, of cities. And they wanted to be you know, a world city and Chicago is a world city today. And the other part about it is I learned about how Chicago got its property tax uh, laws and why they were uh, charging people for it and, and why the system is set up the way it is today. So around that, we have the devil, which is this guy who created a hotel who basically was murdering people. And what a unique, crazy story about the Midwest and Canada, Toronto, that is part of this. Um, 
wow, how somebody could get away with that type of uh, situation, once again, just, just boggles the mind. And the brilliant writing, Eric Larson gives us this non-fiction story, and, and that is a magic trick that he does because it feels like fiction. It is so intriguing. We get so much of the characterizations of these real people that you can forget that it's a non-fiction book. Yes, absolutely. And I also want to mention Station Eleven. Um, that's the book that probably uh, is going to provide the most fruit for me going forward. Much like reading a classic story like Huxley's uh, Brave New World or 1984 from Orwell, or I'm going to say Atlas Shrugged from Ayn Rand, there's so many things you can always pull from it. And there may be, you know, terms or, or things that I'll use in the future that I'll end up drawing from there because it really read like timeless literature as opposed to um, the, the latest pop book of the, of the, of the day, which is, there's nothing wrong with. But uh, this, this book really um, spoke to me on a, on a, on a level that we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about. My favorite book remains The Time Traveler's Wife. This is a book that I suggest to everybody, anybody who has not read The Time Traveler's Wife, whether you like the concept of time travel as a as a literature, it, you're right. This is more pop than literature, and it, it is that genre fiction that I really enjoy. And talking to Audrey Neffenager, the author, was mind-boggling for me. Getting the opportunity to hear her explain to us how she got to this story, what the steps were, especially in the time travel, where she laid out for us in that interview how she decided that there was going to be no paradox. There's going to be no moment in that book where we, the reader, are pushed out of it going, no, 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 that couldn't be. She laid it out so well. But I, I also agree with you, Chip, that my deeper understanding of Station Eleven, as a result of reading it together in this intense month-long reading, I have a real, real joy in that book that I didn't have the first time. I, I liked it. It was a good book the first time I read it, but reading it together in the book club, I came to a, a greater understanding of that writing. And, and the ability, like Pam gets to teach this story multiple mm -hmm. times, and there are additional insights to be grabbed from this. I, I don't want to make a pop book seem not enjoyable. You know, every summer there are pop music songs that, that, that come out and you enjoy them, they're earworms, you sing along with them, but they may never become part of the great American songbook. But it doesn't matter. They're, they're there for that moment. They're, they're there to enjoy. They grab the zeitgeist of the moment. They help you think and enjoy it and it becomes something that you can talk about over a dinner party or with your friends drinking a beer or something. It's perfectly an, ex an acceptable way to spend time. So um, I, I enjoyed the time of Traveler's Wife a whole bunch. And Station Eleven, like I said, I think is going to be um, something that could be much greater. And I love, Steve, that you and I both chose books that we had read before and enjoyed, but now brought to a new level. And I think, obviously, like, that's part of why I love being an English professor, is that when you share something that you like with other people, you get a lot back from it, from that conversation. Yeah, but there's also the calculating stars that I 
I didn't get as much joy out of That's reading it together. There You're was right. a moment in the Calculating Stars where I, I brought that book to the group and I said, this is a great book. And, and you and Ship went, yeah, it's it's fine. And I looked at it from, from that perspective and I went, yeah, yeah. You might be right. There might be some there might be some critical ways to look at this that that make it not as enjoyable as the first time I read it. Did you Dickens it or something like that, Steve? Is that what you say? <laughs> I, no. No. Guys, okay. <laughs> no. Charles Dickens has written some amazing novels. They just Christmas novellas. We're not gonna we're not gonna damn all of Charles Dickens' canon because of these novellas. But Steve, I'm really glad you bring that up because, of course, um, something slightly different happened to me with bringing you guys a ministry for the future, which you guys didn't like at all. And I was like, wait a minute, this book is amazing, but I can't seem to like I wasn't able to share with you what I think is amazing about this book. And I think it's going to be a super, super important book. And people in a lot of parts of my life are like, whoa, have you read this? You have to read it if you haven't. I'm like, oh, I've read it and I really liked it. But then you guys don't like it at all. So that was really fascinating. It's really got me thinking about the different ways that different people process fiction. Because I, my perspective on that book was like, it was even better the second time I read it for me. But then you guys don't like it. So that was pretty interesting too. And there's a lot. Um, yeah, you do learn so much in talking about books with other people, with your friends, you know. It's certainly um, trying to pinpoint what was the challenges of a book like that. You know, I'm, I'm at times very slow and, and it took me a little while, but I did. I pinpoint what it was and I think I called it out pretty good. But it is a book that I thought about a lot. And so mm, that's, interesting. They, there's, yeah. that's a skilled writer, right? It's, mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. reading a book, a pop book for the day. Hey, you just read it and it comes in and goes out. But having a book that you reflect upon and you think about, you're, you're on that drive, you know, wherever you're driving, pick up groceries, and you're picking apart, you're thinking about this. What, what was going on here? And what, what was the solution that was coming through? That, that shows that that's, that that's what every artist wants, right? You want someone to think about your work beyond mm -hmm. just the moment that you're experiencing it. And so I think that the, the author certainly was very skilled at that. And I've, I, I've absolutely brought this book up oh, that's interesting. far more than many of the other books we've read um, at mm -hmm. a, a different events. And, and I would say that, you know, if, if we got a group of people together and we read it multiple times, there, there would be more fruit to come from it. Hmm. Interesting. So one of the things that I noticed over the last 12 months is there's certain themes that keep coming up. We, we got into so many different kinds of writing and so many different kinds of books. And we just saw over and over again, the same themes. And if we saw a pattern, I know, I know I'm a human and my brain is trying to find patterns no matter what. And I found patterns. So Pam, what was your favorite theme that you saw throughout the last 12 months? Well, it's funny because people who know me would laugh because they would be like, Pam, that's always your favorite theme for everything. But it really is my favorite theme for this, which is epistemology. How do we know what we know? And we talked about so many different things. And we had a number of conversations about time travel and temporality, about apocalypse, about 
the climate crisis, like topics that really, really matter to me. But I feel like how do we know what we know is the theme that really tied everything together. Obviously, it's crucial to detective fiction and it ties detective fiction and science fiction together, which is something that Robert J. Sawyer said so clearly in our interview with him. But I think it also came up in every single book we read. And when we were reading the graphic novels, which I so appreciated, that brought up how the visual ends up adding this second layer of knowledge, the second layer of understanding to a narrative story. So I guess that's that's going to be my answer often with favorite theme. And it definitely is for the series of books we're looking at today. Our conversation with Robert J. Sawyer certainly helped us to explore that in an even greater level. And he was incredibly inspiring. And he was a reminder to get out there and think about topics that really matter. And remembering that literature is an exploration where um, no one gets hurt. And you can use your imagination to kind of model things out to an end. However, you know, the writer decides to take it. And Sawyer was a master of this. And because he was such a, a master of this, the Canadian government called him in to talk a little bit about the future. And so when he was having this conversation with us, it was just a reminder that each of us has an imagination and each of us can experience another person's imagination by just picking up a book and kind of going through, you know, the story as, as they want to see it develop. And I love that conversation about the link between detective fiction and science fiction being so closely connected. They are so similar in structure. And the outlier is fantasy. And that moment where we were talking to Robert J. Sawyer and he pointed out how that moment between fantasy and sci-fi, that link that doesn't exist, became a thing. And, and I've been thinking about that for a long time. Fantasy and science fiction should not be linked. They are not the same. They are different genres, but detective fiction and science fiction are so connected. They, those are the genres for me that I enjoy the most, and, and that was fascinating. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars? <laughs> Star Wars is a fantasy story. There, There is space travel, which makes science a part of it, but it is not a science fiction story. It is a fantasy story about wizards and and Parsecs. wands and magic and, and people <laughs> that won't die and they come back and you go, why did he come back? Because, because we needed more money. Parsecs. Parsecs. Sand. Sand. Lots of sand. It's so it's coarse and gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. Steve, come on, man. Tell us what your favorite <laughs> theme is. My favorite theme that keeps popping up has kept popping up in all of these stories, even in the stories that weren't about this, was parallel universes and quantum physics. Even in Station Eleven, even in a book that's not about parallel universes and quantum physics, there's a character who says, well, there might be parallel universes and we might be just fine in one of those other universes. And it's just a, a, a throwaway point in this story, but it seems to me that we are getting to a 
a scientific level with quantum physics today where we are understanding it in a way that is new to the scientific field. And quantum computing and quantum physics are growing so much, I want everybody in the world to understand what we know and, even more importantly, what we don't know about quantum physics. The questions of science are still huge, giant questions about how does this work? We know that it does this. We don't know how quantum computers work. I love that you bring that up, Steve, because it sort of ties together. So our three favorite themes in that when we think about science fiction as a thought experiment, I mean, quantum physics is a, the thought experiment of science, right? In a sense. And then all of that comes back to epistemology. Mm -hmm. So I like, even though we all have different names for what we in, so enjoyed about our conversations, in a way, they all come back to this question of, like, how do we understand our world? And literature is a fantastic way to figure that out. Is this the part where we bring in the hookah again? <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you feel it's done, that's when it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, you have brought such a, a book of knowledge to us for the last 12 months. We thank you so much for everything you've brought to us. One of my favorite things that you are able to share is vocabulary. Your ability to share new words with dumb me and reasonable chip. <laughs> we, we know so much more now than we did 12 months ago. My favorite word from the last 12 months, is verisimilitude. The idea of giving a story a real element, real history, to make it seem like the fiction is actually a part of our real history. That idea of verisimilitude, and my ability to pronounce it, is something that I will take away from this 12 months, and I thank you for that. Lord of the Rings and lots of hiking, Steve. Even the trees moved in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took some words from you guys, too. And Steve, obviously, perspective is a word that, I mean, I use a lot in my own work as well. But I think that you've brought me a new appreciation of that term perspective, which you use not only in the study of literature, but just in the way that you move through life, always thinking about other people's perspectives and, and sort of linked to that, Chip. You use the word leadership a lot more than most people I know, although not more than most MBAs I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think sometimes those of us in the humanities, we think of like leadership as something that happens over there in the world of business or politics. And we think of collaboration as something that happens in the humanities. But Chip, I want to thank you for the way that you really think about leadership as a collaborative enterprise. And you've really helped me to think those things through. Strangely, I'm reaching for like real life terms, but that come out of the discussion of literature, which brings us back to that idea of how the literary world is a model for the real world and a way to think everything through. So that's been really something that I want to thank both of you guys for. So I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I came into our study of Sherlock Holmes with, I don't know, maybe 120 words. 
And I left after reading all of Doyle's work and all of these books, I may have like 150 words. So my vocabulary certainly has expanded an incredible amount. And I may have even mastered a few of these uh, words in the English language. And, and I, I may not be able to write it all the time, but I certainly can, can speak it. Um, and that's really, as a Southerner, a uh, person growing up in the South has really helped me out a whole bunch. I can communicate much better. But I also am going to make us laugh because Doyle seemed to use the word ejaculate an incredible amount of time in his stories. And when um, people get excited, they ejaculate various statements, as you very well know. It's common in the 19th century. And so you know, the teenage boys out there certainly um, can find some joy in knowing that a person back in the 1800s certainly wasn't meaning to make you giggle. But um, there you are. Um, the word ejaculate. And the 52-year-old teenage boy. Thank you, Chip. And I just want to say that Doyle also wrote about semen. And um, he also wrote about... Is this, uh, snakes, is this Celebrity Steve. Jeopardy? Uh, Are we doing Celebrity <laughs> Jeopardy tonight? <laughs> thanks, Chip. Thanks for, thanks for improving the, 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 the classiness of this show. Oh, we can do our best, right? <laughs> so, that... This, brings us to the end of the book club 12 months of of getting to all of these wonderful books that some of us have read before and, and brought to the group and some of us have never read before and always wanted to and it's been so wonderful i, I want to thank you again pam for your time it's it has been the best part of the pandemic, talking to you every week and learning just a little bit more than we had before same for me. I'm so grateful that you guys reached out. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thank you. And just a reminder that you can keep reading. And um, I don't know, there will, there will be other books that will come up. And our hope is to do more joint reading with our listeners and with anyone uh, who wants to join us. And we would love to have Pam on our podcast that we are relaunching we are, Chip, we are, uh, we're getting back to our roots now that the pandemic is over. I've declared the pandemic over so many times, and every time I watch the news, I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have declared the <laughs> pandemic over quite yet. Well, the, the uh, code for uh, change is usually a triangle, which is also a delta, Steve. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, oh <laughs> lambda, lambda, lambda. All, all I can think of with the variants of the COVID is, is the revenge of the nerds. <laughs> So, Chip and I are reopening the doors of Too Much Scrolling, our podcast. It's our eighth year coming up. You can find us on the web, on all of your podcatchers, toomuchscrolling.com, to find our weekly, every Tuesday. We haven't skipped a Tuesday in over seven years, by the way, Chip. Every Tuesday, you can find what we have next week we are going to pick up where we left off with a movie of the week a book of the week and all the pop culture news that we can possibly stand too much scrolling.com pam where can we find your work where can we keep up with what you're doing well i try to post to twitter every once in a while about what i'm reading and writing and thinking about and um, you can also check out, if you're interested in the craft of writing, um, I have a bunch of things on my YouTube channel, just at Pamela Bedore. Wonderful. 
So we, we want to thank everybody. We thank Pam profusely for, for her time for the last 12 months. We want to thank our house band Grenadier for all the wonderful music that you hear in the show. Uh, I still haven't heard anything about a new album coming out, but uh, the, the possibilities are endless. Go if to they, Spotify and, and search for Grenadier and find all of their work. I was going to say for any, any artists out there, if there was only something out there that kind of could stop time for a period of of months to allow you to have plenty of time to write that new music and not only music but think about the books that'll come out of this era there's going to be so many books that are written we talked to so many great authors at popcon in indianapolis how about and the one that wrote six books <laughs> six books we are going to see some great literature coming out of this era for sure. We want to thank all of our generous patrons who keep the lights on. You can join them. Go to patreon.com slash too much scrolling and you can uh, be a part of the adventure of too much scrolling going forward. Even more, we want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you to all of our listeners who have been with us, who have kept the information flowing, who have received more information. Hopefully, I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. What do you think, Pam? I will look forward to listening to your show next week. And being a guest every once in a while from, Absolutely. from just the wonderful perspective of your community of people that verisimilitude is important. <laughs> Try to get all the words into one sentence. It didn't work out very well. We would love to hear from you. How are you doing? How is your pandemic going? Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-410-4TMS. Our website is sandwiches at regularhours.com. Our email is sandwiches at regularhours at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. I want to thank you again for listening to Sandwiches at Irregular Hours. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm tearful Chip Hassenblum. And I'm Pam Bedar. Looking forward to too much scrolling next time. We'll see you in the future. Push the button, Steve!